This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience, Episode 17. My analysis of Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg's testifying before Congress today on April 10th. So uh, the whole thing was kind of drawn out and kind of comical. I mean, it shows one thing more so in terms of Congress. Congress actually has to get younger and more tech savvy or United States is going to be in trouble because some of the questions that were asked are ridiculous. But anyway, so some of the things that Mark Zuckerberg answered were a little out there as well and kind of dodgy in terms of not giving direct answers to maybe not be subject to specific regulations or identifying other issues that may be going on, but it is what it is. He's defending his company. So the main point of the hearing were the data breaches with Cambridge Analytica, which they actually bought the data not from Facebook or got it from Facebook, but got it from a app developer that received the data through an app and then sold the data to them. And they used it apparently or allegedly in terms of working with Russia and with the Trump campaign in terms of better ad targeting. Now, this is going to tie in into the whole advertising debate, um, but I personally think that wasn't necessarily the issue. Um, the Democrats alluded to more so that kind of Trump won because of this, but that's one platform that they were on. Granted, there may have been Russian meddling in terms of trolls and propaganda ads on other platforms, but that's highly unlikely if you're going to attribute just the victory of Trump to social media. So Senate needs more kind of understanding of tech, social, and advertising as a whole. So these three kind of points were very, very hard to discuss in terms of understanding with the Senate members. So they made it a point to bring up the election meddling with Russia, which in my opinion, viewing the campaign was minimal, but according to some of the proposed numbers, it was higher than I thought, but who really knows, honestly, for the purpose of the hearing, it was high, but the whole... Russia meddling, I don't think even if you want to segue away to this, away from this, excuse me, that it wasn't that much of an issue. Like if you actually understand social media and advertising, granted Hillary Clinton was ahead of Trump most of the way, um, I technically could have put money on Trump winning based on what he was doing. So some of his events in terms of live streaming were two, three times as much viewed as Hillary Clinton. There were more engagement and more interaction from the fans and the followers on numerous platforms, not only Facebook. So it was kind of evident in terms of demonstrating the power of Trump's team, whether it be 
help from foreign countries, you know, this mysterious data or what have you. He actually did a better job of targeting and reaching the people he needed to reach. I personally know a lot of affiliate marketers that were driving relevant traffic to Trump and kind of utilizing that channel. And he actually spoke about it during and after the election in terms of affiliate marketers helping him out. So I think there's tools and professions that Trump utilized that Hillary didn't even think about because she thought she had the election in the bag. But Trump was kind of a beast on social. He had better metrics than Hillary, like I said. But the other thing that was also mentioned that the investigation of Facebook should go past this election in terms of meddling of the Trump election, but go all the way back to Obama. See, it wasn't as looked at or frowned upon, but there's Obama staff members that said they pulled a lot of data from Facebook that actually helped them dominate on Facebook and ads targeting that helped them win the election against Mitt Romney, and that was never really addressed. So it was nice to see that it was... You know, both elections are going back to the fact of where this actually happened in terms of data breaches and data improperly being used. So Zuckerberg's opening statement, he kind of read the whole way, and it wasn't as genuine as I thought. He didn't really have to look at it and keep looking up. He was really nervous if you look at it. I think he was actually intimidated. Um, the funny thing is, Facebook is kind of arrogant also because... If you look at any other hearings that were already had in other countries, take a look at the hearing of the Facebook executives in Singapore. It is quite funny and comical because the Facebook ad executives say that don't ask me irrelevant questions. This is irrelevant. Let's talk about the stuff we want to talk about. And they kind of got shut down and were kind of cocky about what's relevant or what's not relevant to the conversation of data breaches around the world. So that was kind of interesting. Obviously, he was going to show up himself to the U.S. Senate, but he kind of has, you know, cronies around the world in terms of executives in each country show up and represent uh, before hearing committees in other countries and kind of defend the fact that they didn't know or they didn't understand what was going on. So when Facebook is making money, it's all good. So, I mean, their ad targeting platform and their uh, development of understanding and drilling down into different audience segments really is a good targeting option in terms of social and paid in general. So it's made them quite a lot of money. So manipulating things like race, ethnicity, religion, which may be a little biased, obviously, in terms of ads um, and discriminatory. That was able to be run for years and years until they just recently removed some of those features. So I think, like, when the money's coming, it's coming. So when it's all good and nobody says anything about it, let's make more money. When, oh, yeah, let's let's point this out. It's a, it's a no-no. Let's, you know, let's say we did this, we took it out. We're aware of it. So Zuckerberg's main thing is app security in terms of this um, conversation with Senate, the U.S. Senate, basically uh, hiring or having up to 20,000 content reviewers uh, recently are already hitting that number, native speaking to specific languages. So, I mean, I guess it's a good start, but something still, you know, slipped through the cracks or can slip through the cracks. 
there were several proposed government regulations that, like I said, Zuckerberg tried to skirt around because if he made something evident, it would maybe open him up to legislation and regulation that will obviously hurt his uh, stakeholders and make it more stringent in terms of operation. So he avoided a lot of yes and no answers. Some some questions were a little bit more cut and dry in terms of yes or no, but um, some of which needed more explaining because the way the senators kind of positioned tech questions was a little bit irrelevant or a little out there, which is understandable because a lot of them are 60, 70 years old with not that much understanding in terms of the tech scene or functionality of social. Uh, there were a lot of Facebook censor censorship uh, concerns, primarily by Ted Cruz, which is a Republican of bias on political censorship as well. So Republican-leaning websites and pages deemed inappropriate and offensive and taken down, some of which have members of, you know, let's say a million users, while others on the far right that technically promoted or advocated things that may not be applicable or in the same light or allowed. So just the kind of understanding that faith, Facebook, is it truly being neutral in terms of free speech? Is it exercising its amendment rights in terms of taking a position and speaking in terms of what they believe uh, as their political views, which obviously they're in Silicon Valley, headquartered in California, so it's going to be very uh, left-leaning in terms of a liberal view. But, I mean, I've seen a lot of the censorship I've seen on other platforms as well, so YouTube, so things that, you know, somewhat of a conservative view and have a large following that isn't necessarily propaganda, but is uh, factual uh, pages and channels being suspended and things of that nature. So if you're going to talk about privacy and, you know, user safety and propaganda and things of that nature, then play the field equally. And if you're not going to do that, then straight up say, hey, I'm liberal, so on and so forth. But, I mean, it is what it is. So... The content policy enforcement is an issue. In terms of neutral content policy, there was another question about the 20,000 content reviewers that were hired or are going to be hired. Are they screened for political views? Because obviously if something is flagged to a reviewer uh, and that specific reviewer gets the review, if they're, let's say, left-leaning and they see something that's a potential to reach, you know, a million, two million, three million people, but is very conservative and contradicts something in terms of their beliefs or something that's going on in terms of mainstream or the news, they may choose to flag it or remove it, which obviously is problematic because you're influencing decisions and not playing, a, you know, an evil play, even playing field, which obviously is done in other media like news. You have Fox News that's very right-leaning. You have CNN that's left-leaning, and so on and so forth. And the way that the news are portrayed, which obviously also through social media, a lot of people get their news. So 
the issue with the propaganda is that you can influence the people in terms of manipulating to whatever decision making you want them to do for whatever event or whatever election which I think happens all over the world regardless and I think happens in traditional media and TV because I mean it's a right to show ads in terms of TV that kind of portray positives and negatives about candidates but some of the same things aren't uh, adequate for social and I think if you ran a Republican versus Democrat ad that was just as positive and negative a lot of the issues with the Republican ads would be flagged or not distributed to a wider population set. Uh, a lot of talk was around regulating Facebook and Facebook trying to get over it or like Mark Zuckerberg had a little smart comment in terms of they're so big that it wouldn't matter. They can uh, adapt to it and make the changes a lot easier than a smaller company. I kind of beg to differ because if there's a tech company let's say a social platform, let's say has a million users, 100,000 users, and it comes out that there's laws created to regulate all of the social media or paid advertising platforms. So let's group Bing, Yahoo, or Bing, Microsoft, put together obviously Microsoft, Google, Twitter, Snapchat, everybody and their mother basically abides by the same rules now and gets punished for the same things that a smaller company can't abide to their basically uh, the rules themselves because they're so small well um, if you're small you're more nimble you don't necessarily have to go through like a lot of the processes and internal issues to get things done as well so I don't know if I really agree with that the funny question is, some of the senators were asking, is Facebook a tech company, a publisher? Uh, they wanted to kind of pigeonhole uh, Mark Zuckerberg into admitting that they were a publisher of content, which theoretically in the past, I would disagree because there's other platforms out there that support their, the mechanism or the delivery uh, mechanism or delivery tool. And people's content is still individual user-generated content added to the platform. So Facebook doesn't own your data. It just uses it in terms of, if you have it open, in terms of privacy settings, get information on you for advertisers or third parties to target ads on Facebook or their partners to you. So with the answer of Facebook is a tech company, may have avoided some possible regulations or bills that may have been written if Facebook was more deemed as a publisher. But the whole publisher argument, so Facebook got into heavy video, you know, not too long ago. So if you want to talk about publisher of video content to compete with YouTube and the Netflixes and the Hulus with creating unique content. So <clears throat> they have Facebook Watch now where there's shows and Facebook specific hosted content with series and original series and reality show like the family in terms of like the basketball family, the the ball 
family with Lonzo Ball and LeVar Ball and things of that nature. So they are creating content in terms of video. So, but that kind of skirts away from the main question. Um, Facebook also had a question, or Mark Zuckerberg had a question about Facebook, where if they're using your everyday voice or tools on your phone, if you just have your phone on and you're talking, if Facebook can capture the actual audio and then turn it into somehow understanding it and using it for targeting options. So one of the senators had an example about chocolate. He was thinking about chocolate, said something about chocolate, got onto Facebook, and he saw an ad for chocolate. That's one of those kind of like targeting urban legends that Mark Zuckerberg kind of disproved. He said no, but obviously with the advances in voice technology, and these kind of data breaches and other misconduct by Facebook and possibly by other social networks. I mean, I wouldn't rule it past them in terms of capturing something. It may not be that detailed, but just capturing some data via just kind of your audio on your phone itself, which, I mean, I don't think in 2018 is that far-fetched. One of the interesting points were made by Senator Tillis, which uh, is a senator from North Carolina. I didn't know that he was in uh, data science, data storage, data analytics for a while. He posed a lot of interesting points in terms of the original point I made about going back for the data breaches or the types of data that were taken that may have been on party lines to influence elections before the Trump election. So he's the one that made the assertion to go back to the Obama election against Romney, where there was Obama staffers and the marketing team tweeting that, you know, we got all of Facebook's, you know, social graph or got the information readily available and they knew where we were doing it, but, you know, they didn't stop us. So... Regardless if how you feel about Obama or how you feel about Trump, if you're going to apply one thing to one, you're going to apply the same thing to another. It should be neutral, neutral targeting in terms of ads, neutral, unbiased information in terms of the type of things you see in your timeline from whoever you follow and not follow. You shouldn't be restricted if you follow a conservative page, a liberal page, unless you're following something in terms of, you know, a hateful propaganda, then that's an issue. But if you're strictly following, let's say, five conservative pages and five liberal pages and you're seeing the content of the liberal pages in your timeline or on your feed, 50% uh, more, and they're the same size in terms of page followers and basically the frequency of posting of the content, the type of content, and more people are being reached on an organic level, then I think that's that's a bias and that's an issue that needs to be looked at. So in terms of who had the most kind of uh, educated or you know thought-provoking questions, I would give that to, to Senator Tillis. Cruz went in on the whole privacy and censorship thing. There's a few other senators that kind of, 
use scare tactics. I think in general, Mark Zuckerberg's body language was very, very nervous. Like if it was a tech discussion in San Francisco, I think he would be very comfortable. But in front of Congress, uh, if you don't have anything to hide or you're not scared of the repercussions, I think you'd be a little bit more natural and easygoing about your body language. His body language kind of said otherwise. So it's interesting to see how this will play out. Obviously, there there have been hearings across the world about this. And like I said, uh, there's a clip, about a six-minute clip about the hearing that happened recently in Singapore. I would definitely check it out and compare Mark Zuckerberg's body language and what he says and the uh, likelihood of, you know, being innocent or not knowing about what was going on or doing everything they could to stop it versus the Facebook executive that basically told the the panel um, in Singapore that their questions are irrelevant and they shouldn't ask them and they should move on to something else or not important and it doesn't connect in terms of the whole global security picture. So it's kind of interesting if you analyze each individual hearing country by country, what tone Facebook uses and what they're willing to not necessarily agree, but somewhat loosely promise in terms of changes they want to make. This whole Cambridge Analytica thing has screwed me over already in terms of ad targeting because I can't target by different ethnicities and things of that nature. Some of the targeting options that have been removed, which kind of sucks for me because they were delivering high value in terms of uh, ROI. So that's one thing. But in general, uh, Cory Booker also spoke a few things. He's had uh, kind of uh, not a direct relationship with Mark Zuckerberg, but a distant one. I'm actually from New Jersey. He was the mayor of Newark, where I went to Rutgers Newark for my bachelor's degree. Mark Zuckerberg actually donated, I believe, like $30 million to the Newark <clears throat> uh, school system. 30 40 somewhere uh, in that range. Um, so they have that kind of relationship. But uh, Cory Booker kind of broke broke it down to the... Uh, manipulation or the um, the focus or the abuse of ads being shown to minorities that were predator predatory in nature and things of uh, concern that he had for having a playing field and having social kind of be a positive thing and advertising as well and not only to uh, bring down certain minority groups or target them with kind of a a negative focus. So this thing was long. It was like three hours long in terms of the hearing. Um, I don't know if a lot of stuff got covered in terms of questions because each senator had about three que- uh, three minutes, excuse me, to answer. So if Mark had uh, a long-winded answer, like one question was it. But, I mean, there were a few thought-provoking questions, but like I said, we have to do something about the people sitting in terms of the Senate as career senators because they were 
super old and out of touch with tech and social. So if we want to be a global leader and things of that nature and bring about actual change and regulation about how these monster social media uh, websites are using our data, or what they're doing with the data as a whole in terms of access to third-party um, developers, well, how they have in terms of as much of the inclusion and exclusion of their API and things of that nature, that's, you know, another conversation to be had. But overall, it's kind of funny because Mark Zuckerberg drank water like a robot. There's been a lot of memes about it. Um, he was drinking water when he wasn't even speaking or just sitting there. So the nervousness was there. The interesting thing that Facebook stock did go up throughout the meeting. So I don't know if this is going to lead to bills um, or different regulations in terms of Facebook or applicable to the social space as a whole. That's going to be interesting to see and how it's going to change the climate of advertising and if it's going to be an equal playing field, which I don't think it will regardless because, I mean, there's bias everywhere. Nothing's completely, you know, neutral or 50-50. So that's going to be interesting, and uh, I think one of the closing arguments once Senator, Senator made, are you going to go back and actually change or fix some of the things like the privacy policy you have that's very ambiguous, or are you going to fight us on this and fight us on the bills that we propose to regulate Facebook and other social media channels by you know spending tens of million dollars on lobbyists? That was actually a smart an interesting point because I actually do want to see um, what will happen in terms of rewriting the privacy policy or making it more clear because I think a lot of the apps that basically you you elect or kind of opt in, you have a notification saying share my so-and-so information, exclude it. Sometimes if you're not a savvy Facebook user, it's kind of hard to not just click through. Um, it is fairly evident, but if you're just going through and you want to install an additional app and you're just hitting next, 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 or go, 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 you may not be reading. And because you don't read, you may have your data accessible to this app or carry into it, as well as in the past, some of your friends and carry over different uh, contact information of your contacts and things of that nature that were used for targeting and other purposes. So that's going to be interesting as well. Um, from other experiences, other companies actually working at Qubit as the digital marketing campaign manager, we've seen consultants on site going to Facebook and Facebook being very arrogant and uh, basically a know-it-all attitude. So even though they think they may know it all, they're not like immune to different bills or immune to backlash. So what could this mean? Well, I mean, Facebook is another thing. Facebook has Instagram that has the younger demo on it that's actually like a different purpose, but fairly easy user interface. So are they making uh, images accessible to third parties or ways to obviously pick up or read things within the images based on obviously the descriptions you're adding or the hashtags you're adding and 
use that for targeting options and be able to export data like that. So who knows, but we'll see. Uh, it's interesting how this plays out and how fast um, changes are going to happen within Facebook or by the U.S. government or other governments to obviously limit uh, the reach of Facebook, limit what they're able to do, propose regulatory bills or things of that nature. But well, it's kind of funny if like they, you know, crack the hammer down and Facebook is and other social media uh, channels in the U.S. begin to get regulated heavily by the government. So we'll see how that plays out. That's kind of just some of the uh, takeaways I had. I actually watched most of it. I found it kind of funny. It was very long, but we'll see. I'll try to uh, write a follow-up post or add some content to some of the websites I contribute to. Um, but it should be interesting tomorrow what other people's viewpoints are. Until next time, guys, if you have any questions, you have any concerns, or ideas for future uh, podcasts, or you want to uh, be on the show, or you want to contribute to it in one way or another, I'm always happy to uh, collaborate. I'm always happy to take construction, constructive criticism and feedback, so feel free to reach out on anywhere you can find me on social, on the website, on the blog, anywhere, you know, carrier pigeon, what have you. So until next time, guys, take care. Have a good one. This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.